0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined, as always, by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who have been covering the Chargers for over six years doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, I'm especially happy to have you join us today because we have a big interview with the Draft Network's Jordan Reed getting into this upcoming draft, and specifically. What the Chargers need to get out of it and some players that they could potentially be targeting. But before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone who is checking out the show today for the first time. We really appreciate it. And of course, a special thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again. So today we are going to get to Jordan Reed, who's going to spend two segments with us. And then the second segment, we'll be getting into how Chargers fans should feel about Christian Derisaw if the Chargers select him 13th overall. We'll also talk about a second round offensive tackle options and just why it was so hard to study justin herbert and evaluate him coming into the last year's draft and then to wrap up the show we'll be getting to the defensive side of the ball we'll talk about jc horn potentially as the 13th overall pick we'll also get into some guys that he loves in this draft class more than others some edge rushers some safeties, some corners all of that good stuff really great interview with jordan reed but we're going to start the show today by getting into an article talking about Brandon Staley speaking on the leadership qualities that Justin Herbert has and just that he has basically won over that team and has a true belief from his teammates that he's going to go out there and get him wins. And then his teammates and a former teammate coming to his defense when PFF decided to put out their latest drunk tweet. So let's go ahead and get into it. ProFootballTalk.com came out with an article where it showed a conversation between Brandon Staley and Albert Breer from SportsIllustrated.com. And he was talking about Justin Herber and just talking about how much he is one of the guys with this team and the things that he really likes about having Justin Herber. And the thing that really interested me that he said was, This guy's done a lot for this team. The way that they talk about him, the respect that he's earned, it's just one of those things. These guys know he gives you a chance in every single game that you play. He's earned that respect in such a short amount of time, and there's still such a long way to go. I'm excited about that. So, obviously, yes, I mean, there is a long way to go for Justin Herbert. We know last year, especially given the circumstances that he was put under, you understand that if he has, you know, a good offensive line, if you can get him in an offense that is more designed for what he does well, because we saw some of that last year, but I don't think we really saw the best offense that he could be orchestrating, even in that breakout season. But if they can do that, he could get even better, which is so crazy to think about. But I think the more important thing here, David, is just the respect that he's earned from his teammates, because one of the knocks coming out of the draft was just that this guy doesn't really show those leadership qualities, this and that, all these questions surrounding him, even though we knew that the physical talents were all there the rocket arm being super smart as well. I mean, there were so many things to like about him. So many people still got it wrong, including us, but seeing that, you know, these guys are speaking of him, that highly, I think, is something that's very important for the Chargers and a very good time for Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, with Justin Herbert going into the draft, I mean, we all knew this was a big kid with a big arm. I mean, and people were talking about his leadership abilities, but I think he put that to rest pretty quickly when he immersed himself in the locker room and in the weight room and went out and, and really you know, went to work with those guys and really endeared himself and also continued that um, in the first game against Kansas City when they had a play on the sidelines Against a linebacker, a linebacker hit him pretty good, or Justin Herbert hit him pretty good. I mean, that's pretty much what happened because Justin Herbert pops up, and that other guy's pretty much knocked out, uh, laying there on the floor. Um, And I think at that moment, they realized, like, this guy can ball. This guy loves us. He's going out there to try to win the game. He's going to do everything he can to put, you know, this team in position to win football games. And then he just displayed that week after week after week, putting together one of the most historic rookie quarterback campaigns in NFL history.
0: Yeah, I mean, the pre-draft talk doesn't really mean much now, now that he's gone out there and done it. But, yeah, when he knocked out Damian Wilson on the sideline, I think that even Anthony Lynn spoke about that, you know, like, yeah, the other players love seeing that. That juices up the sidelines, all of those things, but, like, I don't want to see him doing that, and of course, we don't want to see him taking those big hits either, but just... The fact that Brandon Staley is saying as well, he's one of the guys. I think that's the best compliment you can give a quarterback. It's the position I played. And when you can earn the respect of your teammates because they think you're just one of the guys, then even though everyone knows he's a top pick, a franchise quarterback, one of the elite young players in the league, for the players to talk about his work ethic and that he's not manufactured, that he doesn't try to do too much, he's just himself, that's awesome. That is awesome. I agree with Brandon Staley. I mean especially to have the kind of season he had. I mean, people talked about, you know, kind of his low-key introvert style, but when you can have that kind of season, that's also the same guy that's going to be able to stay grounded, stay continuing to want to work hard, get better. I mean, you didn't get the sense from Justin Herbert ever that he had figured it all out, right? I mean, you just kind of saw him going through that season by the seat of his pants, and I think he's even shocked, you know, with the season that he had. But super humble, he's a guy where you... He's going to walk in the room and you're not going to think, you know, oh, this guy thinks he's much better than us because he's the face of the franchise. He has the spotlight, all those things. It just doesn't seem like Justin Herbert is that guy. And I think when you're not that kind of guy, too, and you have the respect from your teammates, it makes your teammates want to go out there and defend you. And that happened on social media on Monday because Pro Football Focus, one of our favorite you know websites, but one that has historically been really tough on Justin Herbert even after the season he had i mean continuing to kind of downplay what he was able to do came out with another questionable post this time redrafting the 2020 and 2021 quarterbacks which is just stupid because like what are you talking about putting these guys in the same class either way justin herbert comes in fifth on that list behind trevor lawrence and joe burrow and justin fields and zach wilson it's just asinine right but You saw the respect from his teammates, and even a former teammate, because Braden Fajoco came out and ended up saying, what type of drugs y'all be on to pro football focus? And then Casey Hayward commented on another comment to that post and just said, people drunk, right? So Casey's not even on the team anymore, obviously. We love Casey Hayward, but even he's standing up for him. Even he knows that. It's just pretty crazy, right? And I think... That is most people's reactions to seeing something like that. But it was nice to see his teammates going to bat for him in that way on social media because we all know he's not going to get into some Twitter firestorm.
1: <laughs> absolutely not. Although I would absolutely love to get a real authentic opinion from Justin Herbert about this. But that's just not, that's not who he is. I mean, he's too straight and narrow with the PR talk. I mean, that's just... That's how he approaches press conferences. I think that's just who he's going to be for the first couple of years. But this list is absolutely ridiculous, Daniel. I mean, it's such clickbait. It's not even funny. I mean, you're putting three guys that have done absolutely nothing at the NFL level because they haven't even got there in front of the Offensive Rookie of the Year and a guy in Joe Burrow who was playing fairly well but got hurt and did not play nearly enough games To even stack up against Justin Herbert, it's just unbelievable to me that, uh, that this list could even be conjured and put out into the universe. It just does not make sense, Daniel. It just makes me angry, but then I realize it's PFF and I can't really take them that seriously.
0: And we've been saying for a while, you know, that everything you see from PFF, whether it's a good grade, a bad grade to take on this or that, and they have a bunch of guys there. So you're going to see takes like that, you know, revolving around a lot of Chargers players at times, especially Justin Herbert, because they were pretty much the main media site that was lowest on Justin Herbert coming out. And it doesn't seem like they want to go back and say, hey, we were way wrong on this. Right. And of course, you know, as someone who grew up watching the Chargers, like, It's hard for me to believe it was as good as it was his rookie season, right? You're always still kind of waiting like, is this going to crumble? Because it seems like it's too good to be true. But there were just some things there that you saw that one you never saw in college. So I can understand, you know, misanalyzing him coming out of the draft when he was there. But to look at what he did last year and say that that's fluky or to take whatever it is away from that other than, you know, this guy can make it in this league. I think is pretty dumb if you ask me, but. This is the thing it's hard for me to wrap my head around just because seeing how NFL general managers and even owners to some extent value the quarterback position, you're going to have a hard time convincing me right now that Justin Herbert, if he was in this draft class, given the production that he's already had, if he was to somehow go after one season of NFL experience back into the 2021 draft knowing what we know now, I would still take him over Trevor Lawrence. I I mean, I think most NFL GMs, most NFL teams would still take him number one overall because you've seen a full season of it. Even with as impressive as Joe Burrow was, he only did it for that many games, and he had a serious, serious injury. I think he's going to bounce back, and I think he's a good quarterback. Given what we know right now and the unpredictability about drafting quarterbacks, you know, forever, there's always a huge risk when drafting a quarterback that high, and there's a ton of misses I think Justin Herbert would go number one overall if he was getting drafted again in 2021.
1: Hey, Charger fans, remember Ryan Leaf? Yeah, wrong.
0: Yeah, obviously it can't go that bad, and there's a lot of different ones. I mean, the Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky, right? And that happened recently, and they only traded up one pick to get him with the San Francisco 49ers. So a lot of things surrounding the NFL draft don't make a lot of sense. You know, the Jamarcus Russells, the Ryan Leafs, the Mitch Trubisky's. I mean, the list goes on and on, so... I think with the proven production, I think that already speaks for himself, and there's nothing that says he can't get better or won't get better from what we saw from him in year one, but who cares what we have to say about this NFL draft? After this, we have Jordan Reed from the Draft Network, one of the best NFL draft analysts out there, coming on the show to talk about a bunch of players the Chargers can end up selecting, so up next, we'll talk about him making us feel a lot better about the Chargers taking Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle, with the 13th overall pick, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the locked on podcast is BetOnline.ag. right now football may be over but you still have nba and nhl and now mlb to bet on and if you only like betting on the nfl you can still go and bet on some futures with the draft coming up you can bet on the draft as well so if you guys want to bet on if zach wilson ends up going to the jets or you want to bet on whether or not Larry Fitzgerald will be back with the Cardinals this year. You can find everything you want to bet on only at betonline.ag. Just head to the website or use your mobile device and you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money with your first deposit when you use the promo code locked On." That's promo code locked On" all caps. One word for free money to bet with only at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, it's time for our very special guest, the one that we've been teasing this week, the one we're very excited to get to. Our first draft expert of the season is going to join us today, and it's Jordan Reed from the Draft Network, who's a draft analyst for the Draft Network, is also the host of the Reed Option podcast. What's up, Jordan? We appreciate you coming on the show today, man.
2: Daniel, David, thank you guys for having me. It's definitely a pleasure being here as always.
0: Yeah, man. Well, we had you on last year, and that's kind of where I wanted to start because one of the things that... You kind of helped us with this. We were kind of upset about the whole Justin Herbert thing because we just figured he's going to end up with the Chargers one way or another Tua and Joe Burrow. were going to go first and you actually got us more excited about him and he was still your fourth ranked quarterback last season. So, I mean, it seems like so many people, especially us, were wrong about the Justin Herbert thing. So what did you see in his rookie season? What were the improvements that you saw him make to see such a gigantic leap from the college ranks to the NFL level?
2: Yeah, Herbert really taught me a lot last year as far as a scouting process and just understanding what their best fits were in college. And I think he was just in a system that was kind of miscast from what his his natural fits were. And what I mean by that is at Oregon, he was primarily in an offense that really operated from an east and west direction. So there was a lot of screens A lot of outside targets. There wasn't a lot of down the field dynamics with that. And it was the complete reversal with the Chargers. And I thought he always had to be in a vertically pushed offense just because he's a quarterback that's very aggressive. He wants to show off his arm. He wants to attack the deeper portions of the field. Oregon just didn't have any. He didn't have any weapons at Oregon either. They were top five in the country and dropped passes during his final year at Oregon, too. So he wasn't working with a lot. Now, the offensive line was loaded. We know all of those guys that he had in front of him, but as far as the weapons and the rep- weaponry that he had to his disposal, he just didn't have anybody. And I think he was just in a situation of where the coaching staff just wanted to win games. And what happens a lot in college is that they don't always put their players in the best positions to succeed, but they want to figure out what is the best way that they can win games. And they're not necessarily worried about right. what they're going to be on the next level. That's not really their job. Their job is to win games as many games as they can just because that's how they put food on their table, just put these players in the best positions as far as from their standpoint to win those games. So I think that's what happened with Herbert. And it led to a misevaluation, myself included, of where you just didn't know how well he was going to be in the NFL just because we didn't see him a whole bunch in that vertically based offense. But it kind of was like letting a lion out of captivity in a <laughs> sense <laughs> yeah. of where he was now in that vertically pushed offense of where he could just, Uh, He was a dog off the leash as far as he could push the ball down the field. Um, There was no pressure on him at all just because we kind of knew Anthony Lynn was kind of on the back stretch as far as um, his future with the team. So he was just out there winging it. Uh, He had plenty of weapons on the perimeter with uh, Hunter Henry, uh, Mike Williams and also Keenan Allen as well was a certified stud. So he he, it's kind of like he was playing. Um, as far as new surroundings, like, man, what are these guys on the perimeter? I'm not used to having guys that could go up and catch the football <laughs> like this. So, uh, there was a lot of variables that were kind of misconstrued with him coming out of Oregon. And it was really surprising to see what he did last year. I even think he shocked the fan base and probably Tom Telesco as well. I'm not sure if he even expected him to come out and throw nearly 30 touchdowns in his rookie season, but right. I mean, we know he has a super bright future, but now I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later. It's just, it's just a matter of now protecting him.
1: No question about it. Obviously, he's the prized possession now. All of the resources and free agency has been allocated towards that, and clearly they're not done. But now that we're so close to the draft and most of your rankings are done, which positions do you think are deepest in this upcoming draft class?
2: Uh, There's quite a few. Uh, I think this is a very offensive-centric draft, which is really good for the Chargers, considering that they still have needs up front along the offensive line. still think they probably can add another wide receiver. With Mike Williams entering the contract year, we'll see what does happen with that. And then we know they have a hole at tight end as well. And this is a pretty deep tight end class for the most part through the first two days as well. So I think this draft really aligns with where the Chargers want to go. Cornerback is obviously a big hole for them as well. So everywhere the Chargers have huge holes, I think this draft class pretty much satisfies it. But, I mean, the worst-kept secret is that they're probably going to go offensive line at thirteen. I think they have to find a way to just find – a left tackle, I don't think Pipkins is going to be the answer there at left tackle. They still have a hole on the other side or at left guard as well. I think they can get an upgrade there. Um, but offensive tackle, I think this offensive tackle group is phenomenal. I think they're going to have their pick of the litter at 13. We'll see if – I don't think Sewell is going to be there. I think it'll it probably be a miracle for him to get past the Panthers at 8 or the Bengals at 5. I think that's probably his ceiling. Um, but you're talking about uh, Christian Derasaw. I think he would be a really good fit. Uh, for them at 13, Rashawn Slater will be a home run pick for them at 13, too. So they're going to have their pick of the litter, uh, not named Panay Sewell. In my opinion, it's just a matter of what the Panthers do at eight. I think that's probably where we'll see the second, uh, the first or the second offensive lineman go. But I think the Chargers will be fine. I think they're in a really good position to get some players in the top tier of this offensive tackle class,
0: especially with all the offensive weapons. Right. I mean, the Jamar Chase the Kyle Pitts, all the maybe five quarterbacks before they pick. Potentially yeah. the way it falls to them, but I think given what Brandon Staley has said, he coveted you know athleticism, length, all of those things. It seems like the match made in heaven for them right now is, is Christian Dariusaw at thirteen, and I think that that's the biggest issue for Charger fans because he's so widely graded. I mean, some people have him, you know, at the end of the second round pick. Some people like you have him as high as you know twelfth overall. So. Can you make Chargers fans feel good about getting Christian Derrissaw at pick 13, considering for you that's really good value?
2: So, funny story that I always like to tell is that I have a lot of history with Christian. So, mm-hmm. when I was uh, the recruiting coordinator, small school, in North Carolina Central, which is where I played my college football at, I went on a recruiting trip up to um, his high school in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And I had no clue at all about the kid. I went up mm-hmm. there and saw him. And he walks into the coach's office, and I say, "I say, Coach, do you have any kids up here that are probably D one worthy, FCS level?" And he said, "Yeah, I have this kid named Christian Derosal." And I see him; he's like 6'5", 270 At the mm-hmm. time, I shake his hand. I said, "I'm sold, Coach. That's all I need to see." And. I was the first coach to actually offer Christian a scholarship out of high school. So that's, that's a story that I always like to tell people, but I have history with Christian and I think he's a phenomenal player. Um, I think why he's so widely graded, in my opinion, is just he kind of has a laid back temperament about himself and he doesn't really realize what his gifts are right now. So he has kind of an on and off switch as far as when he likes to show that nasty, but man, when he turns it on, it's so much fun to watch Carolina. His game against North Carolina was probably one of his better games. Miami was another one as well of where he just has that switch all the way on the entire game. And I think if he can get with a, a widely known developmental position coach that can just consistently have that switch on all the time, I think he could be a franchise left tackle. And then you couple that with having the motivation of protecting a young franchise quarterback like a Justin Herbert, I think that would be an admirable situation for him.
1: Sticking with the offensive line, if the Chargers decide to skip out on tackle in the first round, there are some pretty good tackle prospects that may fall to them at 47. Which tackle prospects do you think would fit best in that case scenario if the Chargers were to wait till the second round at pick 47 overall?
2: Oh, There's a couple guys that I think would be really good in that region. Samuel Cosme from Texas. I think he's one that may be there. And there's kind of a wide range of opinions on him right now, but he's kind of that a little bit raw, athletic offensive tackle reminds me kind of Brian O'Neill coming out of pit a couple of years ago that's turned into a really good player for the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's a favorable comparison for him. And Brady Christensen from BYU is another one that I think will probably be there uh, at 47. A bit of an older player is going to be a 24 year old rookie, which may knock him down a little bit from some draft boards, but. Uh, if you're just strictly talking about his ability, I think he's a player that definitely could come in and start for you right away. And then another one that kind of has a wide varied opinion right now, it's kind of get a, it's kind of hard to get a gauge of where he's going to go is Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. He's another player that some people have graded as a guard. Some people have graded as an offensive tackle. So it's just a matter of where you really see his fit as far as positional value, but he could be there at 47. It would be a little bit surprising if he does slip that far, But as far as just a fit from a schematic standpoint, I think he would be a really good selection in the second round for the Chargers.
0: All right. Well, that's who they have to hope falls to them then. I mean, especially if they end up going corner or something like that in the first round. So we are going to have Jordan Reed back for another segment to talk about JC Horn, the other most popular pick for the Chargers at 13 when they don't decide to go offensive tackle. And we'll talk about some other defenders coming up right after this. But before we get into the next segment with Jordan Reed talking about some defenders, chargers could target i first need to tell you guys that this episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com the only place for you to buy any kind of auto parts and for me it's all about convenience and you're not going to find a more convenient place to get the auto parts that you need than rockauto.com i mean for me i don't know a ton about cars but there's already been several times where i've gone and went to rockauto.com on the part that I needed in only a few easy clicks, I had it getting delivered right to my house. I didn't have to go to any of the chain storefronts and try to ask somebody about the part and show them how dumb I am about cars. All I did was go to rockauto.com, get it ordered, and best of all, I got the best price because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the lowest price with rockauto.com and all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockotter.com. All right, guys, we're back here with the Draft Network's Jordan Reed, also the host of the Reed Option podcast. You can also find him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. That's R-E-I-D for Reed. So Jordan of course, again, we really appreciate the time today coming on here to talk about some guys. And the Chargers obviously have a new defensive-minded head coach in Brandon Staley. So many people think that they're he's going to have a heavy influence on what they end up doing in this draft. And I think almost all Charger fans are left tackle or bust. But they could have some decisions to make, especially if a couple different guys fall. And I think the one guy that has been falling to them that Charger fans get most excited about is J.C. Horn, who's another kind of polarizing prospect, got a little bump up with the Caleb Farley back surgery news and all that. And it's now looking like, you know, a top one or two corner prospect in this draft. I think in your latest big board that you just came out with on the draft network, you had him as your number one ranked corner. What do you think about J.C. Horn? What about his game do you like so much?
2: Love him. I'm a big fan of J.C. He's my obvious CB1, one of my favorite players in this entire draft. (laughs) He's a lot of fun. Just getting to know J.C. a little bit throughout the process. Talked to him when he first opted out. We came on the podcast and actually talked about his family being affected by COVID. And that was one of the biggest reasons why he did end up opting out. You just kind of he's one of those players you feel his presence through the computer screen. And I just love players at the position like that, just from an on the field and off the field standpoint, just because. Of one position, I think cornerback is the one of where half the battle when you're entering the league is confidence. And if you think about the elite players at the position, Jalen Ramsey, and Jair Alexander, Tredavious White, all of these players are what I like to call extroverts. And where whenever they make a play, they're going to let the entire stadium know about it. And that's exactly what J.C. Horn does. Um, whenever he was at South Carolina, everybody likes to talk about the Auburn game. But there was plenty of plays, of uh, you know, against Florida, against Tennessee of where he's just showing how much of a competitor that he is. And even at his pro day, he said, yeah, man, I'm the best, not only cornerback in this draft, but also the best defensive player in this draft. So I just love players that infuse confidence, not only in themselves, but it feeds off of entire defense as well. And if you think about Brandon Staley, his secondary with the Rams, they had that elite guy like a Jalen Ramsey. And I think And I'm not saying J.C. can eventually be like a Jalen Ramsey. I think Jalen is a unique player. But as far as just that alpha mentality guy that you have on the back end of your defense that is versatile and can play many different types of coverages, I think J.C. Horn could be that player on the next level.
1: Yeah, he definitely would be incredibly exciting, especially with uh, Michael Davis on one side. You got J.C. Horn on the other side. That's a pretty exciting cornerback tandem to uh, fantasize about. But another position we, the, the Chargers, expect to target in this draft is safety. And there's a couple of day two safeties that are really exciting. Guys like Javon Holland, Hamson, Nazroldin, and Jamar Johnson. Who's the safety that you think would fit really nicely in Brandon Staley's split safety scheme?
2: Big fan of Javon Holland. I like him a lot. And what's happening a lot with these opt-out players is that we have not seen them in so long. So you kind of forget what their skill sets are and what they bring to the table. And I think Holland is definitely one of those guys Um, I love safeties that can get the ball back for you. What I mean by that is I love people that can, that ball hawk mentality. And he didn't play last year, but if you go back to his senior year of high school, he's had 14 interceptions over the past three years of football that he has played. So that just goes to show you he has a nose for the ball. And a lot of people have kind of pegged him as a slot only type of safety but that was just kind of out of necessity for the Oregon Ducks secondary in 2019. Go back in 2018, you could see him playing free safety. He's all over the place, playing on the roof. He come down. He comes down and play the low safety area as well. And then also he provides value on special teams. He was a punt returner for Oregon. He averaged 16 yards per punt return, which is phenomenal, uh, considering what the low that he had on defense as well so he's checking boxes not only on defense but he's going to be a course special teams player for you as well and especially with the rookie coming through the door you're going to have to play teams in some way some fashion so he's going to give you value in the slot He can play on the roof as well he's going to turn the football over and get the ball back for your offense as well and then he's going to play on special teams as well and then Also, he's a supremely smart individual as well. Graduated from Oregon in two and a half years. And we know with a system like Brandon Staley, which can be very difficult with all the types of mix and matchup coverages that he likes to use, you know, Holland that has the versatility and then everything that he has done as far as the roles that he has played at Oregon. It's going to be a quick turnover, and I don't think it's going to be very hard as far as the learning curve for him.
0: Yeah, we're big Javon Holland, guys. He's the guy I definitely like. And we think that the Chargers especially... With how many DBs Brandon Staley always has on the field, we'll target one pretty high in this upcoming draft. But another position, kind of like wide receiver, how you have Mike Williams going into a contract year. Defensively, you have Kyler Fackrell and also and Wosu, who are both going into contract years, so to speak. So I think the Chargers will try to add some depth help. And I mean, just going over your latest big board, the guy you have at 47 is Joe Tryon from Washington. So the Chargers have the 47th overall pick, he's your 47th overall ranked prospect. I mean, that guy has some juice. What do you like about his game?
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's the best word that describes him, juice. He has a lot of juice coming off the edge. Now, he needs to improve his pass rush repertoire a little bit more. I think he kind of gets stuck as far as attacking offensive tackles down the midline of their body. He needs to do a better job as far as picking the side that it needs to attack. But that just comes over time, a player that opted out last year. So we haven't really seen him in a long time. You really have to go off of his 2019 tape. But as far as the upside that he has, Looks comfortable, comfortable dropping that out in coverage as well, which is something that he's going to be required to do from time to time in Staley's defense as well. So he can rush the passer. It's just a matter of him adding some more tools and some more, and some more moves in his repertoire. But um, as far as the juice that he provides off of the edge, the explosiveness that he provides with the first step out of the starting blocks. He definitely already has that. It's just a matter of just understanding and just providing him with some more moves that he can add to his arsenal.
1: Well, fortunately for him, if you were to get picked by the chargers, the chargers have one of the pa- best pass rushers in the NFL and Joey Bosa, and you could definitely teach him a thing or two about a repertoire of pass rush moves. He definitely has it, but every year there's going to be some prospects that you love more than other analysts in the business. What are some of the guys in this draft class that you're absolutely pounding the table for?
2: Um, There's quite a few for me, and I'll just stick in the secondary. A player that I think would fit really well with the Chargers is Elijah Molden from Washington, a player that has NFL bloodlines. Dad played with the Saints for quite a few years. And you just always find that one player that just has a nose for the football. just loves the game. I love players that just infuse energy into the secondary. I think he definitely does do that. Um, and then also, he's a ball hawk as well. Even though he doesn't have a lot of turnover production, he just seems to always be around the ball. And I wrote this up in the scouting report. I said, it just seems like he has a GPS tracker on wherever the ball is. He just has locations on knowing where the ball is. A fantastic tackler, a player that loves the game as well. And then another player I love that's a secondary guy is Sante Samuel Jr. Um, right. Another player that has the bloodlines that you love to see. I think he's the best tackling corner in this draft overall. And I don't really care, honestly, inside or outside, just put him on my football team and I figure out where to play him. I think he's going to end up being a, he's going to he's going to be a starter wherever you end up deciding to play him at. You know, he loves the game. That's really all um, that he was born up into. His dad was fantastic when he was with the Patriots and then also the Eagles and, and plenty of other places he played at as well. So um, Asante Samuel Jr. and then Elijah Molden would definitely be two players that I pound the table for.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, he's the dream scenario, I think, for the Chargers, especially if you go first-round left tackle, maybe trade up to try to secure yourself Asante Samuel Jr. because Brandon Staley loves man-to-man defenders. Out of the guys going in the second round, he seems to kind of fit that mold the best. But, Jordan, really appreciate you coming on, spend some time with this man. You always bring it for us. We're definitely always have you come back on the show to talk us into some players because you always do a great job of doing it so if you guys want to make sure you go find him on the draft network you can also find his podcast wherever you get your podcast from the the read option podcast it's definitely something especially heading up into draft time you're going to want to check out so jordan thanks again man we really appreciate the time
2: no problem daniel and david thank you guys for having me on it's always a pleasure
0: Well, a special thanks to Jordan Reed. Really appreciate him coming on. And maybe after the draft, we'll bring him back on to talk about the haul that the Chargers end up getting. But I feel better about Christian Darius on now than I did going into this podcast. So that's something I definitely took away from it. And we'll be getting more into the draft tomorrow because we should have san diego state prospect Tariq thompson on the show the safety who will be drafted in the upcoming draft and you know would fit a need with the Chargers and also has some chargers ties already should be coming on the show with us we'll get into a lot of things with him about his pre-draft process but the other biggest thing going on right now is the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by locked on and odyssey featuring analysis from nfl experts michael irvin jason lockham for and brian baldinger It started yesterday, but it is ongoing. We will be on there as well as a bunch of other experts making picks and then also getting other expert analysis and having people grade our picks too to some extent. So that's going on right now. Make sure you guys go follow that on the new Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. The Odyssey app is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. So that's going to do it for today's show, though. We will be back with you guys tomorrow with Tariq Thompson, the San Diego State Safety. But until then... Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Lockdown Chargers, as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page at Lockdown Chargers and following us wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. Make sure you do that so you keep up with every show because we're putting out a show every day and the draft is only getting closer and we're only going to have more draft talk for you guys. So if you want to get your voicemail on the show, the number is 323 323- Five two four seven nine two four. 7924 if you want to give us your hottest draft takes or even your draft reaction once the draft goes down you can do it there but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with Tariq Thompson until then take it easy and go Bulls.